Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Echo Podcast. I'm Ryan Becker, your host, and I'm really excited today to talk about a topic that, honestly, anytime I've ever preached on it as a pastor or anytime that we've uh, dove into it in any significant way, whether it be through small groups or Bible study or Sabbath school, uh, someone always approaches me and, and, and says thank you because they've never heard this topic uh, talked about in, in our church. And so I'm excited to kind of uh, get it out from under the rug and, and talk a little bit about it. But before we do that, I just want to uh, let you know of a couple quick disclaimers as we jump into this conversation. Uh, the first of which is we are actually recording this at the College Jail Church in College Jail, Tennessee, and they're doing some renovations and, and additions to their building. So you might hear some weird noises and construction noises, and that's just life. So we just ask that you bear with us. Um, and the second thing I want you to know is as we talk about maybe our own experiences regarding salvation and the way that we interact with God, uh, sometimes that can be painful. Sometimes that can be uh, super positive. So uh, we just want you to know that if you hear any sort of weird silences as we think through this and, and really talk about this, just know, hey, that's the nature of these kind of conversations. So uh, let's actually first just straight jump into this by introducing today's guests. I'm joined by Jessica Williams and uh, Harold Carvajal. So uh, Jessica, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? All right. Thanks, Ryan. Um, like you said, my name is Jessica Williams, and uh, I currently work at Southern Adventist University as an admissions counselor. But before that, I lived in the Loma Linda area, and I was a Bible teacher for 13 years at Loma Linda Academy. Very cool. And Harold? Well, as Ryan said, I'm Harold Carvel. I am currently a student at Southern Venice University, a transfer, and I'm majoring in finance, and it's lucky to be here. Awesome. So today's topic, uh, we're talking about the assurance of salvation, kind of, the the idea that uh, you can be sure that you're saved. And this is something that, I mean, even I myself did not hear a lot about growing up, and I was born and raised Seventh-day Adventist. This is something that we tend to hear outside of our own denomination a lot. People talk about once saved, always saved, and that's typically the route or the way that we hear that. And we don't necessarily subscribe to that view. Uh, and I, I do want to add that that's not the way we're talking about this today, that you know, once you've been saved, you can never lose that salvation or give it up. Um, God does believe in, you know, God is a God of free will that gives us that opportunity to choose daily and, and, and to choose throughout our lives. So uh, just so that we don't get those wires crossed, our operative definition of an assurance of salvation is just, how can I be certain that God loves me, that God has saved me, and that, that heaven is, that and, and eternity with God is uh, my destination? So uh, let's, let's kind of start here. How have you guys interacted with this topic in your lives? Well, for me, um, I remember actually the first time I realized or I understood that salvation was free. <laughs> hmm. That was I was in about sixth grade, and I was watching this program. Elder Falkenberg was actually on. I don't know what program it was, <laughs> but it was him, and he was describing how grace is a free gift. And I thought, what? Like, <laughs> you mean I don't have to like do good things? Mm. to be saved. And I remember my grandmother was there. Um, it was probably something she was watching on TV and I was just there. But um, uh, And she said, 
yeah, grace is free. You you know, nothing you can earn, nothing you can work for. And um, so that that made an impression on me. Um, but also I've interacted with this topic a lot with my students. Being a Bible teacher, I wanted my students to know how they can be saved. And yes, they can be assured of eternal life. And mm. I, I wanted that to be clear for them. So this is, this is something that I've... Um, I had a lot of experience with. Yes, I've yeah. had some experience with. Absolutely. Uh, and Harold, what about you? I can't really say I have any experience being taught like, a, oh, I'm always saved in that sense. But I didn't know that. I mean, of course, you know, things we said earlier, like there's different types of saving. I've been baptized twice. My first one was a choice when I was younger. That's more of a parent's decision. Because like, I'm, like, I'm not saying I'm a baby, but I, mean, like, I was thinking in the third, fourth grade. So I didn't really know much of what it meant to mm. be baptized, what it meant to be saved through the Holy Spirit and be born again. And the most recent choice was like four years ago, where I actually had more understanding, more topic of what meant what baptism meant, what, how that meant in being saved, like how God's saving grace will be on me and how I will be saved in, in His new kingdom. Mm. You know, I think I think one of the most uh, formulaic or foundational texts that kind of uh, introduced me to this idea. Uh, is it, I, I believe it's in Philippians and it's where Paul talks about it, where our citizenship lies. And he says, our citizen, our citizenship is in heaven. And the reason that that text specifically was kind of foundational for me was the idea that, uh, when you're a tourist somewhere, you always operate within the framework of where you're from. Uh, and Americans are especially good at this. Wherever we go, everyone immediately knows we're American, no matter what country we're in. Um, it's easily recognizable. And and we know that we belong back home, that that is where we're going back to, right? So this idea that our citizenship in heaven was, for me, it meant that when I'm here, I'm operating uh, from a framework that isn't here, but it's where I'm going back to. It's this heavenly framework. And to understand that I'm a citizen there means that I belong there and that I know that I'm going back there. So to know you're a citizen somewhere knows that that's, you know that's the place that you belong. And so for me, that was the first time that I began to think of this and really realize, like, I need to live in a way that reflects the knowledge that I have that I know I'm going home. And, and I know that this is, I'm not a product of this environment, but because I've chosen Christ and because I've, I'm, I'm walking with him and growing in my relationship with him and he's transforming me, then I know that I'm now a product of heaven, not a product of uh, of this world and 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 the things that happen in it. Obviously, I'm influenced by them, and there's a key difference there. But that was, I think, the first time that it really kind of interacted, or I interacted with it. Um, and so I, I think uh, one of the one of the problems here that we run into is this idea that uh, why would God save me, and why would I be assured of this salvation? Right? Why why um, you know, or do I have to earn it? Like you've said, um, and I don't feel like I'm good enough to have gotten this or I've done enough to have received this. So what would you say to someone who's kind of in that position of, you know, I don't know why this would be assured, or I don't know, I I don't feel good enough to uh, think that God would save me. What do you say to someone in that position? I'll tell them that they are, God is their father, that you are the children of, we are the children of God. God looks as to us as a father would look to their kid who they love, who they are there for in their entire lives. They don't want us to be saved. They want us to make the right decisions in life, not go through bad trials. They don't want us to be hurt. God does not like us seeing, God does not like us seeing us being hurt, being tortured in a sense like we are feeling, we don't, that we are not safe, that we're 
being hurt by others through our feelings, physical, emotional. God is not like that. God wants us to be, God's a perfect father for us, that he wants us to be safe, he wants us to be secure. So he wants us to be saved. We, already, we have the option, we already earned being saved. We just have to make the decision to, do I want to, do I want to say that I am saved or do I just do not want to care about it at all? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the beautiful and amazing thing about grace is that none of us deserve it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, no one is good enough. You know, Scripture says that our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody deserves this. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about God um, is that he extends something to us that we don't deserve, but we can have freely if we if we choose it, if we want it. And I think about um, I think about people in Scripture, you know, like Paul, who speaks to the concept that yes, we can have assurance of eternal life. You know, he says um, in First uh, Timothy, I believe, uh, I believe, um, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. Mm. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, and so Paul, a murderer who was after people in the early Christian church, I mean, he can speak with confidence that he will have eternal life. You know, I think about John, um, disciple of Jesus, you know, called a son of thunder, had this this hot temper, um, you know, and, and he says in 1 John 5, he who has the son has life. Mm. Um, and And I have, you know, when he writes his gospel, John, I've written these things so that you may believe and by believing you have life. So I, you know, to think about these people, you know, in scripture and their past and what, what they were like undeserving of, of grace, um, I think that can give us the assurance as well. Well, ah, okay. If they were confident that they can be saved, I can have that same confidence, Mm. um, as well. That's huge. Uh, I, I would agree with both of what you've said here. I, I, I think it's incredibly valuable. I think, uh, I, I want to transition the, the conversation here to a, a criticism of this idea, which is that um, this idea leads us into pride. The idea, oh yeah, I know I'm saved, um, or uh, and are you saved? And and it's this way of comparison. It's this. Uh, I, I think the term is creeping compromise, right? That if we say this, then we might end up here. You know, if we say that we're saved, we might end up being too prideful. And it's just a gateway into something worse. And so how do, I, I'm wondering if we can speak to that criticism a little bit. Is saying that you're saved and being certain of your salvation, is it prideful? And if it's not, uh, how is it not, right? Because this, this, it sounds kind of presumptuous almost. But I think you're right with what you said about Paul. I, 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 you know, but how is that still, how do we get around the pride criticism? Or not even get around, how do we deal with it? <laughs> I figure it depends a lot on how you say it. Because, of course, saying something, there's a certain way of saying things that demonstrates it. Like I said, oh, I am saved. Like, I know we said, are you saved? That that definitely establishes a sense of arrogance, sense of pride. Like, oh, I, like, you're basically comparing, like, I'm better than you. Yeah. But you said, like, if you, like, have many trials, like Paul has or John, you have many trials in your life, many experiences that you've lived through and you know God worked through. Like, I know, like, I've been saved. I've been saved by the grace, God's great, by the grace of God. That's something that's not comparison. That's like, it shows like how God worked through you and changed you into a better new person. Mm, that's huge. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I certainly think the way that it's presented or the way you enter in a conversation uh, or the way that it's said 
um, definitely uh, affects that. But I, as I was, as I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know. I have never met a Seventh Day Adventist who was came across. But yeah, I'm saved. Do, do you know if you're saved mm. or not? Like, yeah. it's always, boy, I don't know. How do you yeah. know? Like, wh- mm-hmm. what does it take? To be saved. I mean, it's it's always an uncertainty. I've yeah. never met an Adventist who's no, <laughs> who's I, I been, agree with you. I've you never know, heard it either. Arrogant or whatever, or you know, come across that way. So. No, I, I I think that's fair. I, and I mean, I've interacted with people like you know on the street, street preachers or whatever. That are you saved? Do you know? You know, but never have I met an Adventist who's. <laughs> Well, I wonder, I, and, and I wonder if that fear of the pride, because I've definitely heard the criticism before, even though I've never heard anyone within Adventism uh, say those, you know, be prideful about their salvation. Yeah. Um, I think it's born out of a fear of becoming like other denominations or, you know, Adventism mm. is, some, is, is a denomination very much that, that sees itself as having come out of other denominations or having come out of uh, coming out of different error and reclaiming original truths that that Scripture teaches, and, and going back to those like the Sabbath, for example, something that that Christianity lost throughout, lost the meaning and value of throughout Christian history, and so we've reclaimed that. And so there's this fear of becoming like uh, other people that we don't identify as because we've heard it come from them. And and I I think there is a way to go about it humbly to say, yes, I know I'm saved, and yes, absolutely, I know I don't deserve it, <laughs> um, that it was a gift. It's nothing that I did to earn it, um, but I earned it just virtue, by virtue of God saying I earned it by, because He put that value and He instilled that value in me. So I think that, you know, absolutely, I, um, I think that's where that comes from. And, and that's just kind of my hypothesis. I probably couldn't prove it to you or cite some, like, scholarly article about it, but um, that... That's kind of where I sit. I, I, I think that's where that comes from, and I, I think the other the other side of this is um, I don't think we do really believe that we're valued and loved by God enough that He would assure salvation. And now, when I say we, I don't know about mm. us three sitting here, but I wonder if people in general, the reason that they're unsure of their own salvation is because they're even uncertain of God's love for them. Mm-hmm. Does that makes I don't know. I, be, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm wondering what, what, what maybe, what are some other reasons that someone might doubt their own salvation or their own worth in God's eyes? It's probably background, like maybe the parents could have been or other family members, they didn't give them the love and devotion that they should have earned. And they, but then like, like, if they don't love me, and then they think about, wait, then why, how, why does God even love me? If like, I can't, or they think they're not great enough. Of course, like we talked about earlier, they think they're not great enough to do certain things or do certain accomplishments. And like, I'm worthless. I can't do this. How can I mm. account to God's grace? What? How am I worthy enough? Yeah. So listening to either the voices in their life, like or or even uh, the voices in their head, voices in their own head, right? Yeah. That's that's fair. Absolutely. I think also maybe not knowing what, how, not knowing how one is saved can also bring doubts because if you're thinking, okay, well, I know I'm supposed to believe, but then I'm supposed to do good things. And then I think I'm supposed to be baptized in order to be saved. So 
but is it all those things? It's, is it some, is it what? Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) not knowing, I think also brings about. Yeah. Not having a proper understanding of of how it works. Exactly. I mean, even I was born and raised Seventh-day Adventist and I was, I, uh, accepted, you know, I accepted Jesus for myself at 14, but I had heard the gospel several times leading up to that. But some, for some reason, when I was 14, that's when I really heard the gospel and, yeah. and understood it. And when I say understood it, I had a long way to go and still do, yeah. but that was the first time it kind of clicked. And I think for many people, maybe it just hasn't clicked yet. And that's a whole nother thing. Like, well, I was born an Adventist. Well... Yeah. <laughs> you yes. You weren't born, and you know, there's a choice at some point that someone has to make. But it's, but all of those things, I think, you know, people are just, well, what is it? I'm, I was raised in the church, but uh, you know, and so, um, I, yeah, I think not knowing is a, yeah. a part of that. And are I, we gonna? Well, go ahead. You're good. Are we gonna say, well, how does one? Be safe. Be safe. Yeah, yeah. we can. Yeah, no, okay. we can. Act, yes, no, I, we can. We I can absolutely. Wanna, I don't want to end this. <laughs> so yeah, if you're uncertain of how this works, uh, yeah. too bad. Uh, good luck. Uh, no, <laughs> no, okay, let's talk about that. So, so in your best understanding, um, how do you receive salvation? Let's. I mean, let's let's go with that. How, I mean, in your in Perfect. your understanding of of what you know, uh, how do you receive salvation? I say just by living the life that Jesus lived. We understand that by living the life that Jesus lived, you understand like what's good, what's wrong. You understand like the rights and wrongs of life. To earn the salvation, you just have to believe like I know God will lead me. I know God will control what I do. I put Him first in my life. I know that I will earn salvation through Him. So just live. Let me live the life that He wanted me to live. A life of giving to others, of being a helping hand whenever you need it, of being there for other people when they need it. Okay, so the the idea that uh, because you've putting you're putting first or God first in your life, your life now reflects that that decision. Of course, not right? like instant. Of course, and be like, little, like yeah, absolutely. Of course, but your main goal should be like live my life like how God would want me to. do. Okay, yeah, I can I can see how that would help you definitely understand uh, yourself, understanding that yeah, I'm st- I know I'm on the right track here mm-hmm. because I'm making the decisions that I know God would want me to make, yes. or I'm living in His will for my life. Yeah, okay, so that's. Valid, very fair there. Uh, Jessica, what do you think? So living out your belief really is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Um I yeah, I think there are two two um steps that come out in scripture. One is believing, um, believing in Jesus, John three sixteen, um, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes. But um I th- I think um also living out that belief, living out that faith is the second necessary step because, um, you know, scripture tells us, well, the demons believe, right? Yeah. But they don't put their faith in Jesus. And that's the thing. Something that I, um, would always share with my students, I would do an illustration with a chair. I'd, I'd pull out a chair and I would say, I believe this chair can hold my weight. Yep. I believe it. And I'd look at the chair and, you know, nod my head and the students would kind of laugh. And I say, but really that doesn't, really make much of a difference unless I actually act on that belief. And then I would sit in the yeah. chair and that's, um, you know, that's, that's the big thing. So believing and looking to Jesus in faith or living out that faith, living out that belief. Um, and that's, that's how we can be saved. Yeah. I, I think, um, I, I, if I had to kind of uh, put both of your answers into one, I, I, I think I would, um, I would echo 
the fact that it is, it, it is a two-step, right? It's believing, and by believing or by beholding, we become changed. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, it's, it, it is believing. It is just, I mean, believing and accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, salvation. Um, and, and how you make that decision every day is by allowing that belief to influence your behaviors mm-hmm. and your actions, the way you treat yourself and the way that you treat others. Yeah, yeah. Because you aren't called to just love like Jesus loved, or not love others like Jesus loved. You need to love yourself like like Jesus loves. And I think a lot of us are really good at valuing others better than we even value ourselves. And so I think the best place to start in even your, in understanding your own salvation is beginning to tell yourself, I am loved, I am valued, Jesus died for me just like he died for anyone else, and I'm deserving of the same love uh, that he's given to anyone else. I'm yeah. equally deserving of that. Yeah, grace is free, but it's not cheap. Yeah, absolutely. It costs Jesus his life, you yeah. know, and so much, you know, lots of sacrifice there. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for your input here. I have loved this conversation. I think uh, we've got it uh, at some root issues behind that question. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I really do appreciate your insights here. Any final thoughts you want to leave with our listeners? Perfect. Oh, knowing <laughs> that you ha- can have the assurance of eternal life. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's such so freeing. You know, yeah. to to have that and to understand that that you believe in Jesus, you're you're, you know, living according to that belief, that faith, allowing it in God to work in your life and move in you. Um, yeah, what how freeing that is to. Absolutely, yeah. the pressure's off when you realize that it's Jesus doing the work. Yes, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, uh, to our listeners, we hope this was encouraging to you. We hope this was something that. Uh, maybe could uh, fill you with some confidence moving forward in your faith. Um, and so we just want you to know we're praying for you and praying for your journey. We hope that you enjoyed this. Um, and just thank you so much for listening and giving us your time of day. Uh, and one special thank you to Southern Adventist University for hosting us and allowing us to record uh, season two of Echo here. And to our listener, hey, we'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.